0: You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Medcalf. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Medcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. This is episode 79, and we're going to talk about why your expectations are making you unhappy. And welcome, welcome to the broadcast today. I need to, before we get going, give a shout out to my listeners in Iceland, Iceland. So here's what I need you to do, Iceland listeners. I need you to share a little more because we had broken the top 10 relationships podcasts in Iceland, who knew? <laughs> but now we're at like 13 and that's just upsetting to me. I feel like I should be in the top 10 in Iceland, gosh darn it. So come on, Iceland, let's make it happen, okay? Okay uh, write in, let me know what, why you're listening, what you're getting. I love it. I just was cracking up when I saw it. I thought, how cool. And I really want to come visit. So if anybody wants to, you know, uh, put me up for a week, let me know. No, I was kidding. You don't have to do that. Uh, but I really do want to come visit. It's on my list. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Iceland. And I just had to say it. I just, I, my, um, assistant and I got such a kick out of it. So, uh, and a shout out by the way to Dana, my amazing online manager. Uh, she's great. She's the best. I'm, I'm a, I'm a lucky, lucky gal. Okay. And I did want to say one last thing, sorry, after my shout out to Iceland (laughs) is that, um, some folks have, uh, you've written to me or I actually got stopped in the street by someone recently, which was really cool. Uh, asking talking to me about the podcast and she said that uh she listens to it but that her husband won't you know and there's definitely a lot of people out there who you know just don't want to listen to podcasts they don't want to give up that much time or whatever or they don't like to listen in that way or maybe they don't commute um and so i wanted to remind people that the uh, you know i take a single piece of kind of information each week and I do the podcast. I do a blog post about it. And I do these connection quickie videos on my YouTube channel. And so what I said to her at the time was, Hey, have your husband watch the corresponding connection quickie video instead of listening to the podcast. Because what she was saying to me was, Oh, I really want him to get this information. You said like some, one of the brilliant things I say, uh, <laughs> she was really happy with, but you know, she wanted him to hear it from me. It's different when you, you say it yourself, right? Uh, and that's what I told her to do. And I realized I should announce that on the podcast also because I have had other people write in with that same thing of, you know, how do I get my partner to listen to your podcast? I, I really want them to check it out and they're not. Uh, and so that's something you can do. Don't get them to listen to this. Instead, you can forward them or give them other means of doing that. Uh, There you go. So I'll link in the show notes to where my YouTube channel is, but you can also just look me up on YouTube, Abby Metcalf. I think it's Abby Metcalf, PhD. Uh, My TED Talk is on there, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you haven't seen my TED Talk yet, it's there. The Real Reason Relationships Fail. Um, You know, get to it, people. All right. And thank you, Iceland. So, (laughs) so this is the second part in a two-part series called, uh, how you have to have high standards and low expectations. And last week I talked about the standards and our deal breakers quite a bit. You know, I told you that to have to be happy in your life and relationship, you needed to keep those standards high and your expectations low. And again, we went over all of that last week. And this week is all about those pesky expectations in your life and relationship and how, you know, if you're not careful They'll keep you unhappy and disconnected, no matter how great your relationship might actually be. Yeah, it might actually be better than you realize. So so here's how you know if your expectations are too high. If you've ever been disappointed or frustrated in your relationship, your expectations were too high. End of story. That's that's where it comes from. You You make assumptions. So you're upset when the other people in your life don't meet your expectations It's the very definition of disappointment. If you'll look it up in the dictionary, it says something like you know the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non fulfillment of your hopes or expectations. That's what it says it, it that's what it is. That's the definition, so it means that your expectation was too high, and again. Having those high standards is what's important, but as I said last week, a lot of you have low standards, but those high expectations. Get the standards up and the expectations down. Uh, So I'm going to talk to you today about the four key mistakes people make when it comes to expectations, and then what I want you to do instead, okay? So that's what we're going to cover today. Uh, all right. So let's get, let's get to it. Let's just jump right in. I'm, I'm feeling frisky today. So, uh, (laughs) mistake number one, I'm going to drum roll on my desk. Okay. Mistake number one. I don't know if you can hear that or not. Um, you judge your relationship. That's mistake number one. So I find that the issue is that people have tons of judgments about their relationship and how things should be. And those judgments show up in those high expectations, in ill-conceived expectations. So really, I don't want you to let anyone tell you how your relationship should be. No one, no one can tell you that. Uh, Some couples keep Separate bank accounts. Some have switched, you know, sort of the traditional male and female roles. And these days that's getting even right more so. Um, some I have couples, I've met couples who have sex outside the marriage. It's all about whatever works for you and your partner. If you don't want to get married uh, and don't need that piece of paper, but again, maybe your family's telling you you need to. Uh, these things are usually it's from our families. Usually, this judgment that we feel, the way we judge our relationship, is because of other people telling us how it should be. and I would say one of the most common things I have here in the States that I find different than my clients who are in Europe or other parts of the world is that the idea of cheating, quote unquote right of, of someone having sex outside the marriage. And people come in like that's it, we're done. He or she had sex outside the marriage. I can never trust them again. We're done. And you don't need to be done. You really don't. It's there's a there's definitely a, um, a bias here in the United States, much more than in other countries, like way more, that that is a deal breaker. That that means that it's over. And again, I I've. Got to tell you, I've worked with many a couple who found a different kind of happiness after an event like that. Um, It's really about how you perceive it or view it. And the bigger issue I find is that people, so let's say, you know, my husband cheats on me, right? Uh, and I tell all my girlfriends, I'm like, oh my God, he cheated is terrible. I feel horrible. And they're all like, what an asshole. Oh my God, he's the worst. I hate him. He's a jerk. You know, they're all saying things, right? How do I go back without me looking like I'm a jerk? How do I come back into that relationship without seeming like I've given up all of my self-esteem and all of my confidence and all of my whatever? And it's, it's because, so I've seen people leave a relationship because they were too embarrassed by what other people were saying and thinking to come back to it, even though they felt like they could forgive the person, even though certainly, um, you know, I was doing work with them and they were reaching new heights and really getting to the reasons why and all that good stuff. And it's really sad to see to me that that it's nothing is so black and white, you know, you shouldn't say nothing. Most things are not so black and white, and there's a it's it's just a it's a sad thing to me when people judge it and decide because of what other people want and it's not what they want it's not what the person wants it's not what they think is okay or not okay, so just please please and th- and this happens with all kinds of things you know uh what what school your kids might go to or how it looks if they go to school i had I had one mom she has a little boy. And he likes to wear pajamas. He does not like to leave the house in clothes. And I said to her, Okay, so why don't you let him leave in pajamas? (laughs) And she was just horrified. She goes, I can't let have him be there. What are they gonna think? What are people gonna think? And I'm like, Is he clean? Did you brush his hair? Or like are the pajamas dirty? Like, what what are you worried about? And You know, as we started talking, she realized that she was just really caught up in what other people would think and what she thinks. And I, and it's fine. Like you're allowed your standards. You don't want your kid. I don't let my kids go out of the house in their jammies. I don't routinely. Um, I personally, for me, it came from. Um, I really could care what other people think about that. I I let them wear weird things. Like so, it's not about what they wear. It's more to me about. Um, I personally believe that, uh, you, I, when I change my clothes, it, it puts me in a different headspace psychologically. So even when I'm working from home, I always get dressed. Always. I do my hair. I do my makeup. I do everything. Even though no one can see me. I'm at home. (laughs) I'm working at home or i here in the office. Like I am right now. There's nobody. I'm not seeing clients today. No one's going to see me, but I am dressed right now. I look very cute. Uh, I'm dressed, I have my makeup's on, my hair's done. It's a it's a way that I feel when I'm dressed. So I have this whole other thing, and I felt that for my children. That it was important to have this kind of transition from sleeping from being home and you know having this different energy to being out. And I also it's like kind of special then when you come home and you put on your jammies. Or if it's a Saturday and you don't have to leave the house and you just wear your jammies all day. So for me it was about that. Um for her, it was about people judging her and thinking that she was a bad mom for allowing her child to go. So again there's no absolute right or wrong about it. Um, but you know just figure out why you think something. You know go a little deeper. And again hopefully it's not because of how other people think. So no one should judge a relationship except you. So what to do instead? What you should do instead of that mistake is identify your own definition of what works. And what's great is that there's been a lot of studies in relationships, especially over the last 20 years. And one of the things they found is that the expectations of both men and women have been changing a lot. We've definitely become less rigid, less focused on that when I was growing up on the Ozzy and Harriet role models of the fifties. I mean, I'm sure half you listening are going, who the hell are they? Who are Ozzy and Harriet? Go look it up. Uh, (laughs) So, but you know, I... Grew up with, um, you know, the I Love Lucy show was one of my favorite shows when I was little. And Lucy and Ricky, her, her married husband, did not sleep in the same bed on the show. They didn't sleep in the same bed. And it was actually seen as, she was pregnant during the making of the show, and that was just horrifying to people that she was on TV pregnant because in those days pregnant women would go disappear because it's meant you had sex right you're walking you're walking around billboard for sex I had sex <laughs> uh, especially in those days there was no other options uh, and the people were were horrified it, it uh, upset their sensibilities when they were in bed they had to have like, one foot on the floor. Um, do you love that? Each person had to have a foot on the floor. It was part of the how the the show could stay on um you know the ratings board or whatever. Uh, this is in my lifetime, people. yeah, I know. so it's uh it's that definition of marriage and what's okay and how to, you know what you should do when you're pregnant and all that good stuff. Uh, it's not that long ago that people felt you know, that women were told not to jog or, you know, work out or do other things when they were pregnant. Um, and you, know, which is so crazy here in the United States, because of course, all across the world, women are doing manual labor when they're pregnant. And so, and, and having babies, fine, healthy babies. So, uh, whatever happened here in the States around that is so crazy and other countries too, but so nuts. But anyway, just again, all of these, Ideas and ideals about what should happen and what should be, you need to define what works in your relationship. And if you feel like you need to keep that just between you and your partner, then keep it between you and your partner. If it feels like it's too much, but identify, get really clear about your own definition of what works. Uh, Research has definitely found that people in happy long term relationships are three times more likely to embrace more uh, flexible definitions of those men and women, male, female roles, okay? Uh, To be happy, again, you need to create your own definition of what works for you and your partner and stop comparing it to others. That's the biggie, is when you start comparing it, you really, you screw yourself, people. It's it's not where you want to be at all. So if, uh, you know, want to use a primary breadwinner, and the other, if, if a female is the primary breadwinner and the husband stays home or it, you know, whatever that is, I've, I've seen, I can't tell you how many couples I've had in that position and the man had a really hard time being a stay at home dad because of how it was viewed, how his, he felt his masculinity was being, you know, he was being emasculated in some way, it, crazy to me, but true. You know, it's, it's how, again, and then you're making choices because of what you think other people think. It's nuts. You, you have to make choices that work for your relationship and stop worrying um, about what other people, you know, are thinking or saying. So, okay. Uh, That's mistake number one, the judgment. Mistake number two that people make is that they listen to what others say. Be careful about listening to what others say is the right way to live in your relationship. This is linked to number one, the judgments, but um, the judgments is really you judging. And this is when other people are judging you more or less. Um, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. There's no one right way to live in your relationship. Just because something works for others doesn't mean it's right for you. And it's very easy to get caught up in what your parents or your friends tell you. But at the end of the day, you gotta listen to your own heart and your own instincts. And so, what to do instead is that what other people think is none of your business. So, (laughs) you know, couples today are marrying later. They're choosing uh not to. A lot of them are choosing not to have kids. They're Often choosing not to buy homes. There's uh and rent, and I can't even tell you the things I hear about that, how terrible that is, and da-da-da. And uh, it's just not true. It's fine. You want to rent, rent. Um at, and uh, you know, the marrying later, you know, there's a lot of couples that already have begun working and creating money and assets. So um it's more common now for couples, even couples with children, to keep their money separate or to have kind of less traditional ways of working with money in the relationship. Um, so you, you really have to think about what, again, what works for you and don't focus on what other people think or what they think is right. And really go with what your gut, I guess we're back to your deal breaker, which I talked about in last episode, but, um, but it's really about are you getting your core needs met? Is that what's happening? And then whatever else is going on, what other people think, it's really none of your business and don't focus on it. Okay. And I go, I know one and two are very similar, but I, I broke them up because I think it's important just to be focusing on you judging the relationship and being worried, uh, you know, um, how it looks and your own internalized shame about things and, you know, what you grew up thinking and all that. And then actually actively listening to what other people say uh, about the relationship. So, uh, again, I know they're linked, but they're slightly different to me. Uh, all right. Number three, uh, the other mistake people make around expectations is that they're fish who don't know they're wet. (laughs) So in other words, lots of people have all kinds of expectations, but they don't realize that's what they are. They don't realize that they're expectations. They just take it for granted. Uh, I hear people say, well, anyone would Anyone would think this way, or uh, any sane person would agree, or everybody I talked to said it, it's this idea that um you know that it just is <laughs> it's just a fact, and so what to do instead is make the implicit explicit, so think about what expectations are you carrying around about your relationship we We again often don't know. What our expectations are until certain situations or life circumstances present themselves, and we can often think that you know it's just it's this is just right. This is just the right thing. It's right that my partner and I take all of our vacations together. Uh, of course, the father of my children will want to get up in the night and take care of the baby too. My partner should make dinner for me every night. Um, Yes, men should always help with the housework. Uh, uh, Of course my wife is going to go back to work after we have children. (laughs) All of these, and I, again, I've been doing this for a really long time. I have had literally, probably literally right now thousands of people, but at least many hundreds of individuals and couples come in and this, one of these things has become a problem because they didn't talk about it earlier. There are things they just thought were facts. They were fish who didn't know they were wet. They just assumed everybody would think this way. It's the only logical whatever. There's no one right way, guys. And what you consider something is not what someone else considers something. What you consider a definition of something isn't necessarily what someone else considers the definition of something. Uh, I definitely... (laughs) <laughs> we'll have couples, especially around something like money. And so, uh, they'll say, I, I'm thinking of a couple right now, this is, um, two men. And, uh, one of the men was, uh, they, they both identified as being savers, you know, saving money, wanting to save money. But the, the one, I'll call him John. We'll call the other one Tom. Uh, John, he felt like he was the real saver because he was very very sort of and he actually said it he said i'm stingy <laughs> like he did not spend money on nothing like he did not like to spend money he he really made it he said it made him physically sick sometimes to spend money but when he and john and tom first met they both were you know relatively frugal, you know, not profligate not spending their money everywhere. So it seemed like a really good um coming together and they both had careers, they both had their own money and they made good money. So uh they both had homes. You know, it just it was pretty um seemed really good. And but what happened over time was that and Tom was a saver. He had his own house and you know 401k and savings and all that. But so he saw himself as a saver without a doubt. Yet he liked to, he would spend money on things he deemed important. So uh, he was very into a baseball and he was on, uh, he would buy like, you know, season tickets to his favorite team and he would sometimes travel around to be with his team in different states and he would, you know, put himself up for the night. It was like his big, it was this, you know, thing he loved doing. And John like hated it and felt it was so wasteful. And how could you say you're a saver when you do something like this? It, it could, And they were really arguing about it. And it, there was this way that they both thought they were savers, but the but what they both found important to save on was different. And there was definitely things John would spend money on though that were to him important to him, like where he would put it. And this happens a lot. And so it's really finding that definition that matches, (laughs) that uh, everybody agrees to. And then the other thing is that even when you agree, you gotta keep your expectations low that that is gonna happen exactly as you said. I had uh, another couple who um, both uh, high powered uh, working folks and a man and a woman and she had a baby and they had agreed that after um, eight weeks Two months that she would go back to work. And, you know, they had this whole thing set up with the childcare and the nanny sharing, all this other stuff. Well, she got with this baby and she didn't want to go. She didn't want to go back to work. She, and this, this woman was like no joke career woman. And this wasn't like, oh, I was just, you know, I, she wasn't lying at any point when she said, I'm planning to go back to work. She wanted to go back to work and but you know things changed and she was with this little tiny creature and she just said I can't leave her she's so tiny <laughs> like she couldn't imagine leaving her in someone else's care and they came in they were having a lot of arguments about this and he was furious cuz they had agreed and they made this commitment and now she's backing up out of it and blah 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 and so this is again where you you have to sort of let go like okay so we've both come together we've both agreed that we have this explicit understanding or agreement um, about what our standards are, you know, that we're going to save money, we're both going to work, you know, that we have a standard around, you know, that you don't have to be home all the time with a child, whatever. And it changed. It changed for her once she had the baby. She had no way to know that before she had it. And so I talked to them about this. You know, you have this expectation that whatever you say is just fact forever, and that's not how it is. And now, especially when you have a child, you don't know that as they get older that you might change some of the things you you've felt were in stone that you felt were so sure and that's what happens in life things change <laughs> things come in circumstances shift and so you have to stay open and so i uh, and this is about not being attached to outcomes right you can have goals you have a process and not be attached to the outcome. And this is kind of along those lines. You, and uh, anyway, we did work it out, not to worry. But I want you to think about uh, all those things you think, of course, this, well, everybody, blah, you know, uh, you have to vacation together if you're a couple. No, you don't. You can vacation separately. You can, you can figure that out. It, but you have to talk about it. You have to come together and say what it is that you both agree to. And uncovering and making you know explicit these these uh, con- some of them are conscious, a lot of them are unconscious expectations is important as you move forward because you, you know we want to have peace, we want to have happiness in our relationships, and we can't have that when there's all this disagreement or all this frustra- or friction around things that we just assumed. So don't assume, make it explicit. Okay. And the last one, mistake number four, is people expect their partner to make them happy. I know. It, if there's one expectation that seems to permeate every romantic relationship, it's that feeling that your partner should make you happy somehow, that, it's, that somehow it's their responsibility or job, and it's not. It is not anyone's responsibility to make you happy. That is an inside job. That, that is your job. You don't hire anyone outside the company for that. That's your little company, your job. Um, and I think this stems from the fact that most people think that other people can make them feel a certain way. Um, we It's so common to say things like, uh, oh, she drives me crazy, or he made me so mad, because despite all the stuff we know, we still think it's possible for other people to make us feel things. And other than obvious, you know, we all know I'm not talking about, you know, forcible violence or anything like that. I'm talking about just in a day-to-day relationship. Um, No one can do that. So, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt very famously said, No one can make you feel inferior without your consent, right? I love that. I've always loved that quote. But I think the line really should be No one can make you feel without your consent. That's, you know, in other words, uh, other people do what they do, but our reactions are our own responsibility. It's not their fault that we're angry, sad, lonely, impatient, whatever. It's no one's fault because but because we tend towards thinking this way, the next next logical step is to think that others make us happy. That that right? If we if we think other people have this, so, and the problem is that this brings you to looking outside of yourself for your happiness. You might look to other things like food, drugs, and alcohol, uh, buying new things, video games, any of those for your happiness. You might be looking at any of those things for your happiness. But other than a brief momentary gain, none of these things do the trick. You you know, they really don't. So expecting others, especially your partner, to be the source of your happiness is one of the most common ways that I see that people look outside of themselves to fix or, or elevate their mood. And you do this even though you know in your heart of hearts that it's wrong. You you know you shouldn't look to your partner or anyone else for that matter <laughs> to make you happy, but it's hard not to fall into the trap. Uh, and you also know, by the way, that your partner's bad mood shouldn't affect you, but it so often does. I know you have been in the situation where your partner comes home, like, so you're at home, you're fine, you're in a good mood, I don't know, You're you're fine, you're making... Dinner, or you're doing some paperwork, or you know, sending some emails, whatever you're doing. Your partner walks in the door, and they're in a bad mood, and suddenly your own mood is completely changed. Right? You start to focus on how they're feeling, and before you know it, it's completely affected how you're feeling. Or you start getting defensive. Why are you in a bad mood? Why are you yelling at me? Why? Why? And and now, oh, now I'm pissed. You know, (laughs) and it is. It. This is not on them you, you are 100% in charge of your mood. I did a um, podcast a few weeks ago on how to stop negative thinking. So if, if you don't think you're in charge of your own mood, go, go over and listen to that. Okay. But you are. So what to do instead of looking to your partner to make you happy is what to do instead is don't lose yourself. I know it's hard to pull yourself out of this cycle or, you know, this way of thinking, but there's only one way I know of to make sure you don't get or stay pulled into this unhealthy behavior of, of being locked into your partner. And that is by not losing yourself. At the end of the day, you need to come first. You need to come first. Remember that if, you know, God forbid you're on the airplane that's going down, you know how you're supposed to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put on anyone else? So even the airlines know that you've got to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. Even they know it. Uh there's that great saying you can't fill a glass from an empty pitcher. Uh it's common to forget yourself once you get into especially a long-term relationship. Well, even the short-term ones, you know, we get all in love and we get all caught up. You but especially in a long-term one, you know, you start to see yourself as you know the label as the role uh, i'm a wife i'm a husband i'm a girlfriend i'm a boyfriend i'm a fiance i'm a father i'm an uncle i'm an aunt don't forget here's the deal you are not two people you are not you're not a couple you're not a couple you're just yourself <laughs> you're only a couple when the when the two of you get together right otherwise you're just you and if that's not clear If that's not together, that's where we get problems. And again, it circles us back. I'm just going to end here in a minute, but that circles us back to the whole beginning of the, this is the second part of these two, two podcasts on high standards and low expectations. When you're clear with you and you keep your standards high. That's the key. When you know what your deal breaker is and you have your high standards and then those expectations stay low because they really can because you're filling up so much of what you need in your life from yourself, which is where it really needs to come from. And all the rest, all the rest is icing on the cake. It is just the wonderful, yummy, juicy (laughs) extras that we get to have uh, on top of uh, having a great relationship with ourselves. There you go. All right. So that's it for today. Hopefully you learned a lot about keeping those expectations low, how to realize that you're having expectations and what to do about them. And again, you can download my standards and expectations worksheet, which dovetails into what we learned last week uh, by going to abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 79. And that is it for this week. I wish you a week filled with... Ah, joy and health and fulfillment and mostly connection. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hold up.